This is the beginning. If you just joined us here at Hillcrest, if this is your first Sunday here, you came at a really great time because this is the beginning of our annual week of prayer and fasting. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting because it's a time where uh, we really have a great expectations for what God will do in our midst. And I think for me, I'm extra excited because there's a few extra neat things about this year's prayer and fasting. I'll just tell you a little bit about it. Um, probably the thing that's the farthest away now I'll work my way backwards, is our six-week Hearing God seminar starts uh, at the end of the month. Actually, it's not the end of the month. It's January 22nd. So it's, it goes Monday and Thursday. So it's January 22nd or January 25th. You can start, you can either be part of the Monday crowd or part of the Thursday crowd. And it's, it runs from 7 to 9 here at the church. And um, I lead that and facilitate that. And I think uh, our prayer pastor, Laura Blackman, is going to join me to help facilitate some this year. So that's going to be awesome. And it's a great way to learn, to listen for the voice of God in your life. Um, And God wants to speak to us, and God is speaking to us, and often we discount it, or we ignore it, or we can't discern what's God and what's me. And so we have six weeks of training in that. Uh, This is also one of the best ways I know to begin to develop the habit of personal devotions in your life, is coming to the Hearing God Seminar, come for six weeks, and... Uh, we help you and train you in that area, and uh, there's great um, support there and accountability to help you get the ball rolling in that area of your life. If you say, I've always struggled with personal devotions, then coming to hear, come to the Hearing God Seminar, and uh, we'll really help you with that. So two options, Monday or Thursday. You can sign up on our website, hillcrestmj.com, or you, if that's difficult, just phone the office, and we'll sign you up ourselves, Okay. Then this week, so that's starting not tomorrow, but the next Monday. But this week is uh, our week of prayer and fasting. How many of you have a, a week of prayer handout? How many of you got one of these? Just hold it up, wave it so I know. Okay, um, who realizes now you're super jealous that all these people have this cool bo- booklet and you want one too because you're going to need one through the service? Just hold your hand up and our guest services guys will get around to you real quick and they'll make sure you get one. Because this is really handy, and uh, if you don't have it, it, we're using it in the service today, and so you won't want to miss out. So make sure you grab one of those. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about it. On the back side, it says a little bit about the schedule, and on the inside, there's some stuff we'll use to walk through today in our service. Basically, we've, we've, um, we've got themes for every day, and uh, this is really exciting for us because we finally finished our brand new prayer room. And uh, it, it's, it's done, it's renovated, it's ready to go. And uh, when you get a brand new prayer room for Christmas, you just got to wear it in, right? You got to use it. And so we're really excited. We're going to use the prayer room a lot this week, a lot. In fact, uh, our pastoral staff team is going to be there to facilitate prayer every day, Monday through Friday, at noon from 12 to 1, and in the evening from 7 to 8. So every day uh, at noon and every day from 7 till 8, there'll be at least two members of our pastoral team in the prayer room uh, ready to pray with people and to lead people in, in prayer together. So that's pretty exciting. The other thing is you don't have to, if you can't make it at 12 and you can't make it at 7, you can come any time in the day. If you just want to come and privately pray in the prayer room, it's going to be open from, from uh, 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, and you can just come and pray, and we'll actually have some prayer exercise sheets there for you, one for every day of the week, so that you can come on Monday and pick up Monday's prayer exercise sheet, use that just on your own, or if you come at 12 and 7, we might use it together. And uh, we really believe, uh, again, last week I shared about the roots of our church, uh, that it started in deep, deep prayer. And uh, we really believe that the next chapter of our church uh, is going to rely desperately upon deep, deep prayer. And uh, just like they built an old coal prayer room, or not coal prayer room, the, it was heated by a coal-fired, wasn't made out of coal, just in case, you know, some of you are thinking that. But anyhow, it had a coal stove in it and had benches, and, and it was sort of posh for the 1920s. Um, we've, we, meaning it was probably wooden benches. Um, we've, we've have a new chapter for us in our church, and we're just really excited to jump into it. Just like back then, uh, the founder of our church, O.J. Lovick, said, many battles were won in the prayer room, 
we're believing for many, many battles to be won in our prayer room. And not just in a prayer room. Uh, it's not really about a room. It's about praying people. So we're really believing that God will do incredible things in our midst through the power of prayer and, uh, and that we'll, uh, as we dedicate ourselves as a people, that he'll change things that we think might be unchangeable. So I encourage you to come uh, throughout this week and, uh, and participate. Again, you'll see the topics on the... Uh, they're, they're inside and outside. They're on the back, but also you see it on the inside here. So on Monday, we're going to focus on prayer for our homes, marriages, children, other family members. Tuesday, we're going to focus our prayer on the community of Moose Jaw, our schools and workplaces. Wednesdays is focused prayer on missions. Uh, Joe's Place, Kettleston, uh, different Elisa Hogg, Denny DeLong, Matson's. Lots, we have lots of missions partners that we support, and we want to support them in prayer that day. Thursday, focus prayer for our local, provincial, and, and national government. And then Friday, focus prayer for Hillcrest, for our church, our leaders, our children, our youth, adults, the groups that we have in the church. That day is a special one. I'm inviting you to fast on that day from food. Now, if you have medical reasons why you can't fast, um, you might have to do something different. But for many of us, probably most of us, we can fast one meal at least. And that's the invitation is eat breakfast, fast, and fast means you don't eat at lunch and you take that lunch time to pray and then eat at supper again. So that's the simplicity of it. But at, if you've never fasted before, that would be a great beginner way to start fasting. Some of you in your, uh, in your fasting, you might already have tried fasting before and you might be, uh, you know, look to fast a whole day or, or do a juice fast for the week or I'm not sure what. But invite you all as a church to take that lunch hour on Friday and pray for our church and pray that God will have his way and lead us and guide us into all the good things that he's got planned for our future. So today, my goal is to help you practice four different types of prayer. And I mean actually practice. So mostly what I do is I teach and, and share and, 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 and try to communicate something and then hope you'll go home and practice it. Well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you practice it right here and now. Okay? So four different types of prayer. And, uh, and these are the kind of practices of prayer that we do regularly at our prayer summits. Now, we do have a prayer summit coming at the end of the week, Sunday night at 6 o'clock next week on Sunday. But uh, today, this morning, we're doing sort of a, a mini version of that here in the service uh, because it's so important for us to learn these rhythms of prayer, to learn these practices of prayer, and to sort of broaden the scope of prayer in our lives. So I'm excited to lead you through that. So let's, we'll, we'll jump in with my, you got my PowerPoint there, guys? We'll see if it, it jumps up. There we go. Let's read R.C. Sproul. He says, prayer does change things, all kinds of things, but the most important thing it changes is us. All right, we'll jump in. So why do we pray? You'll have, you have to keep, yeah, there we go. You're on, on target here. Why do we pray? Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. There is stuff you do not know right now. But if you pray, God will reveal those things to you. Is that good enough? If that was the only thing, would it be worth it to pray? I think it would. You know what? I so often come to my work day and I just rush to my desk and I sit down to get to work because I have so many things to do. I keep forgetting that in five seconds God could tell me something I do not know that could save me five hours. I forget that, I forget that, I forget that. I need to be reminded of things like this. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That's why we pray. Next slide. Why do we pray? James 4, 2 to 3 says, You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. It gets bad. It gets bad. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Hey, the human condition is, is not always good. But here, listen to this. You do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have because you do not ask God. So simple. Then it goes on to say, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. If it's, is it really, it's really amazing, this one line. You do not have because you do not ask God. How many things do we not have in our lives because we do not ask God? What are all the things that God wants to bring into our lives, that God is willing to do, and yet we never ask? 
And so if you have one person who never asks and one person who always asks, the guy who always asks or the girl who always asks is going to experience way more of what God's got in store for them than the person who never asks. And it also talks about motives, right? That we aren't just asking to get stuff for our own pleasures. But you know what? Even if your motives are mixed when you come to prayer, begin to pray. Because God can fix your motives along the way. God can tweak that. I find that lots of times happens with me. I begin to pray. I'm praying for this. I'm praying for this. And as the process happens, I start to sense more and more the heart of God and what he wants for my life. And then my prayers get purified as I go. Why do we pray? Next slide. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. So God can do all this and we ask for this. Wouldn't it be great if we asked for a little bit more of this? If you can do all that, what a shame that we only ask for all this. He can do more. He can do more than we can ask or imagine. Here's the cool thing. You pray, and God answers, and sometimes he doesn't give you what you ask for. He gives you something better. Because he can do more. It's like, God, would you do this? I remember at one time, I, I can't tell you the whole story, but I remember at one time I was planning to go to Africa before I turned 40. God had put that in my heart, so that's why I thought it was a legitimate prayer. When the moment came of provision, I asked God, God, would you give me this amount of money so I can go? That's, I'm simplifying the story. Some of you know the story. I'm simplifying the story. Would you give me this amount of money? I asked for this amount of more money, and through miraculous means, God gave me more. And then I went to Africa and came back and found out it was expensive. And I needed exactly what God provided, not the amount I requested. Because he can do more. He can do more than we ask or imagine. So ask. So ask. And then let God put his hand into the jelly bean jar because he's going to pull out a lot more jelly beans than you will with your little hand. So do ask for more. Why do we pray? Because he's able to do more. So we're going to begin to pray here. And the first form of prayer we're going to do is, is thanking God for who he is. I call it adoration. That's not new to me, but adoration. And so I'm going to invite you to stand. And this is, okay, before you stand, let me explain this. North Americans are a little bit, we're taking beginner steps to catch up to a lot of the rest of the world in this area of what we're about to do. And that's unified prayer. Praying at the same time. If you book, read the book of Revelation, you'll see every, people from every tribe and tongue and nation all praying simultaneously. Out loud. So, if that's the future, if that's the revelation picture of the future of our eternity, of what my dad's doing now, if that's the picture, Koreans are doing a great job of pre preparing for the future. Africans are doing a great job of preparing for the future. All over the world, so many people are doing a great, but North Americans, we don't do this very much. So I'm just saying, let's catch up. Let's catch up. So here's how we can do it. I know this might be awkward for some. I'm going to get you to stand. We're going to recognize God. We're going to praise God for who he is. And I'm going to ask you to, to do it out loud. And out loud means you could be as loud as a shout, and you can be as quiet as a whisper. Okay? You can be as quiet as a whisper. But use your tongue. That's what I ask you to do. Because we don't want the scenario that Jesus said happened uh, when he came into Jerusalem. The children started out loud praising him, shouting Hosanna, and all the adults said, shut them up. And Jesus said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. We don't want that scenario. We don't, don't want rocks to have to take our place because we refuse to use our tongues to praise the Lord. Okay? So I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'll lead you through this, and I'm just going to praise the Lord on my own as we go. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do this, and here's all the different things. So we're going to just work through the Trinity. This is crazy. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and just recognize all the different roles that God plays in our lives and thank him for them. Okay, so let's just begin. Lord, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are the all-powerful creator. I thank you that you created me and that you created uh, this world and that you've given it for us to live in. Thank you for such an incredible design. Just worship you for that. And I thank you that you've given it to us to, to live and flourish and grow and, and develop. And uh, thank you that you've put us uh, together in, with pe other people in that. You have an incredible plan for us. Thank you that you love me and you have a plan to bring me into your family. 
to make me your son. Thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you, 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 you put this plan in place and then you, and then you, you, you drew me into it. You drew me into it. You, you, you sent Jesus. You sent your son. Oh, I just praise you for that. We just praise you for all that you've done. Yeah, thank you for, for uh, that, that, you're, that you love me and that you were willing to do that. Now we just praise Jesus for what he's done. Yes, Jesus, we just praise you. You've, you took on that role. You, took on, you humbled yourself. You took on the role of a, of a suffering servant for me. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done in that way. Thank you that you were the Lamb of God. You're the one who takes away the sins of the world. You took away my sin. Every one of them, it was nailed to the cross with you. I thank you for that, and I praise you for that. And I thank you you've given me your righteousness. I thank you that my sins, you're not counting them against me, but you made the way for me to have relationship with God. Yeah, let's, praise, let's thank the Holy Spirit for his roles in our lives. Yes, thank you for the way that you fill me. Thank you for the way that you refresh me. Thank you for the way that you, uh, you remind me that I'm a child of God. Thank you that when I, I'm, I need that in my life, you come along and you, and you remind me again who I belong to. Yeah, thank you for convicting me of sin. Thank you for steering me away from things that are, that are death to me and you, you bring life to me. Yeah, thank you for the works that you do in my life. Thank you for how you teach me. Thank you how you make the Bible come alive to me. I thank you for that. I thank you for how you empower me and you strengthen me. Yeah, yeah, you bring great encouragement into my life. Thank you for flowing through me, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Each time I need you, I need to step up and do something. You are there. You are there. Uh, lean into you. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. All right. Wow. Wow. You may be seated. Let's... We're gonna, that's one form of prayer, just to adore God. When you begin to pray, it's really helpful to begin with just adoring God and recognizing who he is. Just recognize who he is. Because sometimes we forget. Sometimes our prayers are weird because we forget who God is. We forget it's capital G, God. And so we don't sometimes come with the right reverence. We don't come with the right faith, the right expectation. And so beginning with adoration is really important. Now, the second one is really helpful, too. This is another one that really helps us in our approach towards God, and that's confession. Confession. Now, I'm not going to have you stand and do this, and I'm not going to have you do this in partners or anything like that. This is on your own. But I want you to listen in prayer. Just like we do whenever we have the Lord's Supper or communion, we take time and we examine our hearts. We say, okay, Lord, if there's anything, just show me. Right? And so often many of you at that point, you confess and you go, oh, God, that's not right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry I got in a fight with my wife on the way to church. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes I have to repent of things like that. Maybe you do too. Right? So we listen in prayer for anything God wants you to confess. And then anyone you've not forgiven or are bitter towards. Right? God's forgiven us and then he makes us forgivers in the world. Right? It's incredible. Anyone God wants you to ask forgiveness from. Right? Maybe God's going to show you something where there was a slight or something you know, oh, I didn't do that right, and I'm going to have to just go back and eat some humble pie and say, hey, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for that. Has your love for Jesus cooled or even grown cold? Maybe the Lord will show you that. Other specific sin, maybe he'll show you. We're going to leave this wide open for the Holy Spirit to show you. Write in your prayer booklet, okay? This is the cool thing. Maybe even from the adoration piece, you want to write something in for that first line something that stood out to you, something that you prayed to God, something that you adored him for. And then move on quickly to the confession piece because that's what you want to really listen. We're going to give you some time to listen. I don't know. Cam, can you just put, you got some, some nice music that we can have in the background there. So just write it in your prayer book and confess this to God. Confessing means agreeing with God about it. So if God shows you something and you know it's wrong, then just agree with God. Say, God, you're right. You're right. And I was wrong. And uh, then receive his forgiveness and agree with his forgiveness and praise him for being so forgiving and gracious. I'm going to come back to this because we forget it. But if your, if your confession doesn't lead you back to focusing on him, it hasn't come full circle yet. If it leaves you wallowing and looking at yourself and being self-introspective, you haven't gone all the way in the process. So I'll, I'll remind you of that because I don't want you to get stuck there, okay? But you can do that on your own too. When you get to the end of confessing it to God, he is faithful and just. He will forgive it. So then stop thinking about yourself 
the self-introspection is over and focus on him, okay? That's where you're going to go at the end, okay? So let's put some music on. Let's take some time. We'll take a couple minutes just to listen. Allow the Lord to speak to our hearts. Anything that's there, we'll let him be the guide and he can illuminate anything he wants. So let's just do that now. you've had if you're just still thinking about and again here's the thing I don't want you to get bogged down inside your failure and fail to confess fail to turn from it and fail to receive forgiveness because that's the point so let me just lead you really quickly if you haven't got to that point if you're still sort of mired in it when, sometimes some of us we start looking at our failures and we get totally bogged down and so let me let's get out of the mud here right now okay Lord Jesus you see my failure. 
you know about it. You, you can see it crystal clear. And even though I haven't got it all unpacked and don't understand everything about it, I know enough to know it's wrong. I know it's enough to know it's not what you have planned for me. I know that I made some choices or I've adopted some things or I recognize the power of sin at work in my life and I, I don't want the results of sin, I want the results of following you. And so I agree with you that this is wrong. I'm not gonna make up excuses or, or try to justify it in any way, I just, I just recognize it's wrong and that you're right. And so I, I'm just turning from this right now I'm just turning from this right now. I'm saying this is, this is not what I desire. It's not what you desire. And uh, you have way better things for me. And so will you forgive me for this? Will you forgive me for this area? Will you forgive me for this thing? Will you forgive me for this event? Whatever it is, will you forgive me? Thank you that your word says that you will, that you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And now I just ask you to help me shift in my mind away from myself. The great thought is not that I'm a great sinner, but it's that you're a great forgiver. You're a great savior. And so lead me to that. Let me fix my eyes on you and your greatness. Let my confession end in, in praise and gratitude and not uh, trying to inflict something on myself or make myself worthy enough to be your servant or to be your son or daughter. That's not the case. That's not the reality. You have, you have called me, and so uh, it's about you. You, are, you get to be the hero of the story. I don't. I relinquish that now. I relinquish that now. You are a great Savior. You are a great forgiver. Thank you for your incredible forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy that's new every morning. Thank you that you're gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far you have removed my transgressions from me. So thank you that my, this moment of reckoning is a, no, is a new start with you, a brand new start with you. Yeah, if there's been frigid air between us, if I've been hesitant to draw near, like Duncan said, the invitation's wide open, all you are weary and heavy laden. Uh, I recognize that there's a clearing of the air happening right now, and I can draw near. So I do. I come close. I draw near. And thank you that you've kept that way open. You didn't shut that door when I sinned, but you kept it open, waiting for me to return. And I'm returning right now. I'm returning right now. I praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. You are so good. You are so good. Keep my mind on you, Lord. Keep my mind on you. Keep my mind on you so I'm full of hope and, 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 and believing for great things for the future. Don't let, my, get, let me get navel-gazing and just focused on myself. I want to focus on you. You're incredible. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to lead you to the third type of prayer. The third type of prayer, and that's thanksgiving. That's thanksgiving. So we, we sort of thank God for who he was, or I, I call it adoration. But, but now I want to I go to something uh, different, and that is, is thanking God for what he's done. Thanking God for what he's done. Now let me just, this next slide has a question at the top. Question, what is God up to? Do we know? The answer is sort of, but not. Look at this scripture. Oh, the depths and riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Can we trace out exactly what God is doing? No. They're beyond our ability to trace out. So if, if you say, what's God doing, Steve, today at Hillcrest Church? I would say, I have some thoughts, I have some ideas, there's some clues, there's some hints, there's some breadcrumbs I can follow, but honestly, do I know all he's doing? No. His ways are beyond my ability to trace out. But that doesn't mean I don't keep track of things that I think are evidence that God is at work in our lives. Because I want to praise him. 
Even if all I get is shadows of what he's doing, even if all I get is hints of what he's doing, I want to praise him because I don't want that praise vacuum to continue to exist in my life. I want to respond. And so I've, I've got some things recorded here today that I think are hints. If we were being Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out the mystery of what God is doing at Hillcrest Church, I think these things would help us get down the right path and try to figure out some of the things that he's done. The first thing I think is that he has been a great provider. I'm sniffing that out. I'm noticing that. Why do I think that? Well, first, we met our 2017 budget. That's great. That means that kids' programs, youth programs, all sorts of programs are happening and blessing lots of people. That means that we have a building to bless our community. Do you know in the last 15 years, more than half of the high school graduates in this city have graduated on this platform? Probably right where I'm standing. I should have wore a grad gown this morning, you know. Graduated myself, gave myself a high school diploma from Moose Jaw. Exciting. We give that away. We don't actually charge any of the schools for that. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it fun to give? It is really fun to give. So when I see meet our 2017 budget, I think of all the little things like that that mean that means we were able to give. But now I want to just tell you about all the bonus stuff on top of that because meeting our 2017 budget means we were able to regularly support tons of partners in ministry. We were able to uh, run programs. We were able to give our building away and lend it out to all sorts of people in the community and not charge them. It's been awesome. But here's stuff on top of that, the gravy, the overflow, okay? We've had enough money in the bank to renovate our prayer room so that we can use it for more frequent and strategic use. That's awesome. That's over and above meeting our budget. That's exciting. We have $10,000 startup money that we gave in 2017 to plant churches in Toronto, Toronto needs a lot of churches, and there were some people from the prairies with a heart to go to Toronto to plant churches, and we said, we sent one of our best couples, Rod and Cheryl Barks, and we said, you go, we'll give you some seed money, go in Toronto for Jesus. We're excited that you're, you're going to do that. We were able to give $18,000 to Kettleson Camp. We always give money to Kettleson Camp in the spring. We have a great uh, promo day, and then we have a luncheon, and people donate, but this is the biggest one I've ever seen. I mean, we usually give about a third of this amount, and we were able to give $18,000 in one day at one luncheon. And I just was like, wow, what an overflow of God's blessing. We raised 11000 plus some change for Joe's Place doors so they can reach more youth because they need to have their full capacity of their, of their youth center to reach more youth. And so we were able to do that. Then at our Christmas Eve candlelight service, wonderful, cozy atmosphere, and had an offering there, and $1,800 went, was given to Riverside Mission. At that. And on top of that, in two and a half hours, roughly, we collected 53,280 pounds of food from the good people of Moose Jaw who really wanted to bless the food bank. And uh, we got to be the in-between people who uh, got to organize that and facilitate that and partner with all sorts of other churches and groups in the city to do that. Do you feel like praising the Lord? Let's stand because I'm going to read a few more pages like this, but you're going to want to praise the Lord at every page, okay? So let's stand. Let's praise the Lord that he is a great provider. Lord, we sense that this is what you are. We sense that this is what you are. I ask you, use your tongue to praise the Lord. We sense that this is what you are, that you are a great provider. We see it. We see it, that you've taken care of this church. You've, you haven't forgotten us. You haven't left us alone, but you've given us our daily bread and more. And we just recognize that you have allowed us to be a conduit of blessing, that from one end of the pipe you're pouring in blessing, and from the other end it's going out to the city. Lord, we ask for that to continue and increase. Would you make us... Uh, a blessing to the city, and Lord, would you provide everything that we need in order to do that. Lord Jesus, thank you for your calling, and where your guide, you provide, and we've seen that. We've seen that. So we just praise you for every one of these things, every one of these, every dollar, every pound of food, every way, every practical way we've been able to uh, be involved, Lord Jesus. Lord, continue uh, to bless us so we can be a blessing. We don't want it for us. We want it to flow through. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Here's the next one. Here's that. We think God is not just a great provider. We think God is a great savior and leader. We had 20 new church members added to our church in 2017. That was awesome. 
We had two adults, two youth, and 11 children. They gave their lives to Christ in the first half of the year. I, I recorded that. 100 kids came to Mega Sports Camp, and 17 made decisions for Christ. 25 kids gave their lives to Christ at Kettleson Camp this summer, one of our, our dearest uh, ministry partners. And 12 youth were discipled through our summer boot camp training. Many of them have stepped up to a higher level of ministry this fall. God is a great Savior, and he's a great leader. Let's give him the praise. We just honor you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you're leading and guiding. You're drawing kids to yourself. You're drawing teenagers to yourself. You're drawing adults to yourself. You're drawing people into stronger commitments together. Thank you for that. We just praise you, Jesus, for that. We praise you for all that you're doing. Thank you that you, you've saved ones. You've taken them from darkness to light. Darkness to light. You, they've been born again. They're new. They're, they're sons and daughters of you, Lord. We just thank you for that. All that you've done. Thank you for your saving power. Thank you for your leadership in our lives. You're the head of the church. You're the head of the church, and we recognize it. We recognize it. You're the one who's doing the work, and we just are long for the happy joy ride that you're providing. We love you. We love you. We praise you. How about the next one? God is a great reconciler. We believe that. God has provided in the last year ongoing friendships with newcomers to Canada for many families in our church. There's many families in our church who said, I didn't know a, a newcomer family to Moose Jaw until the last couple of years, and you guys got in so deep. I am very proud of this congregation for the way that they have engaged with newcomers to Canada. God has a heart to reconcile people to himself and also to their neighbor. Let's praise him for his heart, and then he's putting it in us. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this heart. Thank you for this heart, Lord Jesus. Oh, we could be so different. We could be so jaded. We could be so bitter. We could be so wrongheaded. But you put your heart of flesh inside us. Praise you. We praise you. You're a great reconciler. You're great at bringing people together. You're great at bringing people to yourself. And Lord, thank you that you'd use us. Thank you that you'd use us. We don't know what we're doing half the time, but you use us. You use us. That's your grace at work. We just praise you for being a great reconciler in the city of Moose Jaw, in our church, in our lives as well. We also think that God is a great renewer. A great deliverer. We, we, we've been talking about seeing a, our church renewed. In, in, our church is a great church, but we just think God has got more for us. And so we're, we've been asking for that. And so we've had different things set up. In the last two years, we've had 230 total participants come to our Hearing God seminars. And we've also had 200 total participants come to our first four set-free retreats. Incredible. Uh, we were asked to come help facilitate a, a set-free retreat in Weyburn, and 40 people came out to that, and we were so excited to help them do their first one. We've had leaders from Lumsden, Weyburn, Stoughton, Yorkton, and Regina who've all come to Hillcrest to be trained with our set-free retreats. This is not something we could have planned. This is God's work. This is what he does. He's a great renewer. He's a great deliverer. He sets people free, and he uses his people to do it. Let's praise him. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have the power to set people free. There's so many things that bind us up, and you have the power to do it. You have the power to change lives. You have the power to set people free and make, uh, bring a new dynamic in, into their lives, a new dynamic, no, not from darkness to light, from bondage to freedom, from, from bitterness to, to forgiveness. Lord, you can do all those things, and you're doing it. You're doing it. We just praise you. Lord Jesus, thank you for every opportunity you've given us. Thank you that you are slowly but surely making us into a church that, that can reach the needs in other churches and bless other churches. That's amazing. That's amazing. That humbles us, Lord Jesus, that you allow us to do that. But it's you. It's your work. Flow through us, Lord. Continue to flow through us as a great deliverer. And, Lord, continue to renew us as a church. All right, now I'm going to cast you to just stay with me. We're going to work through some prayer requests here, some ones for, um, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to jump the next few slides. I'm going to jump the next few slides to um, our government and country. We're going to pray for our government and country real quick. Okay, we can't, right, there we go. I urge you, therefore, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And it goes on to say that God wants all people to come to him and to know, have the knowledge of the truth. I think that's the point. I think that's the point, is that we pray for peace. We don't pray for conflict. We pray for peace in our city, peace in our nation. We pray for a peaceful season in which there's a window for people to know God, to experience God, and to come into relationship with him. So we pray for that. And so we pray for all the authorities in our life, whether we voted for them or voted against them. 
we're called to pray for them. So let's look at the list here. The next slide says, we want to pray for more time to strengthen the Canadian church. We believe that God does want a stronger Canadian church and that he wants to work in the Canadian church. So we ask for an extension of the window of peaceful and quiet lives lived in godliness and holiness. That's from that previous passage. We ask for followers of Jesus in government to be used like Daniel was, like Esther was, and like Joseph was in the governments of their day. We ask for salvation for government leaders. We ask for wise, just, compassionate, understanding, impartial leaderships and laws. Let's begin to pray for these things, and then we'll, you'll see some names up there and pray for individuals. Jesus, we ask for this. We ask that you'd work in government. Thank you for the government that we have. And thank you that you long to work through them. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would impact uh, leaders. You impact leaders in their lives, in their decisions. You turn their hearts like water towards the right decisions, away from ones that are harmful for people. I pray that this would be a blessing to the city. This would be a blessing to the province and the nation, Lord Jesus. Would you, would you work in the government? Would you bring harmony in our, in our city government? Would would you bring harmony in our in a provincial and in our national government? Would you would you cause people to work together towards good solutions, Lord Jesus? That they would come with right motivations, Lord. I pray you'd work in those areas towards things that will exalt your name and be good for the people that you love. Yeah, Lord, I ask for these names. You see each one. You see each one, Lord Jesus. We just pray for them, Lord Jesus. Would you empower them? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them direction, Lord Jesus, course correction, whatever it is, but, Lord, that they'd have what they need in order to make good decisions, to govern well. Yes, Lord Jesus, we ask for good governance in all aspects of our government. We ask for that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's go one more slide here. One more slide. Let's pray for uh, also the people in our city who work in the government or for the government, police officers, emergency service, teachers, educators, medical community. These are all sort of under the banner of government. So let's just pray for them. I put the new employment possibilities. I think we should pray for Moose Jaw would have new opportunities for people to get employment. So let's pray for those things. Lord Jesus, we ask for our city that you'd work. You'd work in our city. Thank you for our city. Thank you for our city. Would you bless it? Would you bless it, Lord Jesus? Would you bless our city? Would you work in our city? Would you work? I pray for these people that they work hard. They work very hard for the blessing of our city to take care of important needs. Would you give them strength and energy? And Lord Jesus, I pray for good ideas. I pray for good ideas for the police, Lord Jesus. Good ideas for those who work in the medical community, for teachers, Lord Jesus. I pray you give them energy, patience, the right uh, things that they need in order to do their job well. Would you provide for them? We ask that in your name. All right, next slide. Next slide. All right. So you may be seated. Wow. We're already into the fourth part of prayer. And so remember, we do adoration, confession, and we thank God for what he's done. We're already into an old-fashioned word for it would be supplication. I use supplication because it makes the word acts, A-C-T-S. But another way of doing it is say what you want. Ask. Ask. You do not have because you do not ask. And so we're asking. We're asking God to affect our government. We're asking God to affect areas in our lives. But here's what I want you to do now is I want you to read these scriptures. Read Luke 18, 1 to 8, Hebrews 5, 7, and Hebrews eleven six 6 from your week of prayer booklet. Okay? This is why I tried to get you all a booklet. Okay? So you'll find that. Just a couple pages in, you see the parable of the persistent widow. So let's just take a moment or two. Maybe, Cam, you got some nice music for us to put on for a moment or two. And I want you to read the parable of the persistent widow, Hebrews 5, 7, then Hebrews eleven six. 6, those three little scriptures there. And uh, then I'm going to come and share a few thoughts to close with.
So I assume you've been able to read it through maybe once or twice, or some of you might have got through it three times. It's not very long. The point of the parable of the persistent widow is not that God is an unjust judge, just to put that out there right at the beginning. It's actually, the, the point is that look, Jesus is saying, look at someone who doesn't care. Look at someone who doesn't care and how persistence in asking still gets results from someone who doesn't even care. How much more the God who does care for you, how much more will not, he says, will God bring about justice for his chosen one who cry out to him day and night? And I love how this is titled, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You know, sometimes you say, well, what's the moral of that story? You don't have to ask that on this one. It's up front. You should always pray and not give up. You should always pray. If you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should always pray and not give up. It's really what I'm just telling you here. You always pray and not give up. There are some miracles in your life you won't experience unless you persistently cry out to God with fervency. I love how it ends. It says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a good question to ask. When Jesus comes back, will he find faith in this church? My family? Or my own heart? You know, a sign that you have faith in your life is is when you have big things that come up in your life and you cry out to God about them. That's a sign that you have faith in your life. It's a sign of spiritual life welling up within you. Is that you, experience, you have big challenges, you have big mountains that need to be moved, and you go to God with them. That's a sign of growing faith in your life. You know, Elijah did this. Elijah did this. James 5.17 says Elijah was a human being even as we are. He's sort of exalted sometimes, but he's just a normal guy. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. This was to get the Israelites' attention because they'd abandoned God. So that was his first thing. Persist in prayer until it stops raining. Then, when God got their attention, when they turned back to God, he had to persistently pray that it would rain again. So you know the story. He's on the mountain with his servant and King Ahab's gone off to eat and drink and he's told King Ahab, it's going to rain. There's no clouds in the sky. He goes and he prays and he says to his servant, go look and see if there's any clouds. He comes back, no clouds. Prays again. He says he puts his head between his knees. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not going to try it here this morning. But he prays seven times like this. The seventh time the servant comes back and says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And then Elijah gets up And he says, tell Ahab, he better run for home because the rain's going to hit. But he prayed persistently, persistently. Jesus prayed persistently. That scripture that I shared with you out of Hebrews or that you read out of Hebrews. um, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And you say, well, what was that prayer that Jesus prayed? Well, I'll share it with you. It's Luke 22, 42 to 44. See if we can get that up there. Yeah. This is the prayer he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before crucifixion. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus offered up prayers with loud cries and with tears. Did you know that? I don't know, maybe you've seen too many movies of Jesus where he seems way too stoic to be human. But this was God made flesh dwelling among us, experiencing all the realities of what all the things that we experience in our human life. And when it came to the cross, he didn't look at it and say, oh, goody, hardly wait. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Not my will, 
but yours be done. There's two parts to this prayer. The first part is, is asking for what you desire. And the other part is submission to God. I think those are so good to have hand in hand when we come to pray. We pray persistently with passion, with fervency, like Jesus, like Elijah, like the persistent widow. And at the same time, there's a, that process leads us to surrender more and more to say, not what I will, but what you will. But I'm going to keep coming. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give up. But at the same time, I'm going I'm, I'm to allow the process to cause me to be more and more surrendered. There's something God wants to answer your prayers. God wants to answer your prayers, but there's something better than your, your, than your answers to prayer that God wants to give you, and that's what he wants to give you himself. He wants to draw you into deep relationship with him. When you push into God with fervency, with persistency, you connect with God. You ask yourself, how much do I love God? Do I love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength? You might say, well, I guess no. More of that is what you'll experience as you persist in prayer. That deeper and deeper connection where he becomes your joy, he becomes your satisfaction. You're, you're made for that. You're made to be satisfied in God, to enjoy him forever. How much are you enjoying God? Do you enjoy God? He's got that for you. That's what he has planned for you. That's what he desires for you. Let me tell you two traits that will help you persist in prayer. One, a holy dissatisfaction with the circumstances. When you see something and you say, that isn't right, that shouldn't be, that's not how it should be, you're in the right area. A holy dissatisfaction with the circumstances. That's good. That's helpful. And the other part is a holy surrender to a good God. A holy surrender. Now, I, I want to make sure that you understand that both these, the holy dissatisfaction and the holy surrender are both holy. There is a dissatisfaction in prayer that isn't holy. Like when you don't get what you want and you're dissatisfied with God, that's not holy. And there is a surrender that's not holy. You offer up a few casual prayers and they're not answered and you surrender to the circumstances and you give up. That's not holy. Make sure that your dissatisfaction is not with God, but with the circumstances. And make sure your surrender is not to the circumstances and it is to God. Why do we fast and pray? Fasting, boy, I don't have time to unpack it and I barely understand it myself but I know it's a tool of persistency and fervency. I know it's a tool of persistency and fervency. I do not like not eating at all. I don't. When I'm hungry, I wish I was not. I wish I was eating. But I've seen it again and again in the Bible, in church history, in the lives of people I know where they've said, I wanted what God had for me so much, I was willing to do what everyone's done through all these history of, of the church, and that is to fast. I'm going to tell you one story and then leave you with the question. A couple named Ray and Fran, they had a son who wasn't walking with God, he grew up in the church, knew God, wasn't walking with God anymore, and they began to pray regularly, persistently, I don't know what day of the week it was, but they had a time where they'd set aside and they would pray for their son, Stefan. And they prayed for Stefan and they prayed for Stefan and they prayed. And it was years. And one day they were visiting another church. I think they were not in where they lived out uh, on the prairies. They were out in BC and they're at a different church than Langley, I think it was. And they were in the service and the pastor said, let's all pray for this missionary. They're in an emergency situation. So the whole church, thousand people got down on their knees and they began to pray. And so here's Ray and Fran, who just happened to be at church that day in a different church than their own. They get down on their knees with this congregation, and, and they start to pray. And, as, and Ray is praying for this missionary, and as Fran begins to pray, a picture pops into her mind. And this is the picture. She sees her son, Stefan, and his whole body is covered with leeches. But the leeches aren't laying flat on his body as you would normally expect them to be, but they're sort of... There's something that's pulling them. And it's like she gets this image into her mind that that is what my prayers are doing. 
They come out of church afterwards and Ray says, wasn't that moving when we all prayed for that missionary? And she says, oh, it was moving. I got something to tell you. She said, I got this picture and I saw Stefan and these leeches on his body, but they're being pulled by our prayers. And they both burst into tears and they said, oh, God's giving us something to fight with. God's giving us something to give us hope. God's giving us something so that we don't give up in our persistency. And so they doubled and tripled their prayer for their son and a month later he came back to Christ. When I heard them, I heard them you know, tell this story, I thought, Lord, drill into me persistency, consistency, passionate, coming to you like the widow who will go to an unjust judge except for I'm going to a good God and I'm going to ask again and again. And through the process, I believe two things. He'll change circumstances and he'll change my heart and both will be miracles. And, he, and I believe there are circumstances that need to be changed with all my heart and I believe that my heart needs to be changed with all my heart. So I'm just inviting you to join us in a brand new day. If there's things you gave up on in prayer, maybe you can recommit yourself today and say, God, I'm going to latch on to those things. I'm going to grab on. I'm going to be the persistent widow. I'm going to be like Elijah who had to pray for the water to come or the water to stop, then the water to come back. I'm going to be like Jesus who prayed passionately and yet had that surrender in his heart towards the Father, had that right spirit. I'm going to pray. And when you change circumstances, I'm going to praise you. When you change my heart, I'm going to praise you. But whatever the results are of this prayer, I am not going to give up. I'm going to persist. Will you stand with me? Please stand with me. This morning I was thinking, oh man, we should dedicate that prayer room. And I couldn't think of how to do it. Cut a ribbon? I don't know. But I thought that, you know, you don't really dedicate a prayer room. You just dedicate the people who are going to pray. You dedicate, it's not like the temple of the Old Testament, we are the temple of the New Testament. And God indwells us. So I'm going to pray about the prayer room, but I'm just praying for us. I'm just praying for us. Would you join me? Let's pray. Lord, we stand here right now and we ask that you would do something that we can't do. We ask you to do something we can't do. We can't change our own fickle hearts. My heart wants the wrong things so many times. And so I ask for a heart change. A heart for, I, I, I pray for the parts of my heart that are stony and hard and non-responsive to you that you would make them flesh-like, soft, and responsive. And I ask, Lord, that you would lead us into these days ahead. Lord, I pray as people, as people even this week, as people pray, as they maybe re-engage in prayers that they abandoned a long time ago because they got so discouraged, I pray that people would have the courage to face their own desires. I know we've left a blank on the page, Lord, writing down that one thing. We left a blank on the page, that one thing. Lord, help us be courageous enough to face our own desires of the things that we think, I think this is supposed to be, I think this is what God probably wants. And Lord, if we get in there and our mixed motivations get exposed and you change our hearts, we'll take that but we want what you want for us. And so we'll begin, even with prayers that might be misguided, we'll begin. But we'll begin to persist in prayer and keep coming and keep coming and not give up. Lord, help us to be a prevailing church. Help us to be prevailing people. Help us to prevail in prayer and not give up. Put that in our backbone. I ask for that in your name. It's the work that you need to do in us. And we know that that comes with struggle. And we know that comes with discipline. And we know that comes with challenge to our own heart desires. We ask for it anyway. We ask for it anyway. Would you do this work in our midst? Would you do it in my heart? Would you do it in our hearts? Would you do it in this church? We dedicate that prayer room for your purposes. But we dedicate ourselves. We dedicate ourselves. We're your people. Use us, send us, make us who you want us to be. We ask that in your name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for coming out this morning.
This morning, if you want someone to pray with you personally, we have prayer people out at the front. If you haven't been in the prayer room this morning and you're just wandering around, go check it out. Just wander on in. Go see. We're going to be there tomorrow at 12, tomorrow at 7, Monday all the way through to Friday. And then next week, we're going to come, home, we're going to come back together and celebrate what God is doing. So God bless you as you pray. God bless you as you pray this week.